Father, we pray that your word may come alive in our hearts and our hearts be alive to your word. Through Christ and for his glory we pray. Amen. Well, it's a glorious day, it's glorious weather, it's an amazing time to be experiencing summer. We talk about a glorious day as something that is just a a normal sort of term. But what do we mean by a glorious day? Well, you could say perhaps it's it's a day at its best, a day that is... It's being what it's meant to be. A day that we all can rejoice in. Helen Buick yesterday, last week, spoke of and brought these glorious roses that had been grown in her garden. And she talked about the glory of a flower and the petals and the patterns of those petals, the rhythms and the shapes and the fragrance and everything arises at its very best. That is its glory. We're going to be thinking a lot about glory in the next ten minutes or so. For Irenaeus said that the glory of God is a human being fully Alive. Now let's think about that for a moment. It's an extraordinary statement. The glory of God is a human being fully alive. It's the first part of that first quote. In other words, God, almighty, eternal, all-loving God, is seen at his fullest, at his very best, in a person who is full of life. A person who is fully alive. There we see God in his glory. It's a staggering statement. And it's gone down in history as central to our understanding of God and what it means to be a person made in the image of God. Now, Irenaeus was one of the very first bishops in the church back in the second century. In his time, as you can imagine, there were all kinds of ideas, some very divisive, going on in the Christian church as it was just emerging and trying to grapple with its theology and doctrine and practice. He wanted to bring them back to the teaching of the scriptures and the living traditions of the early Christian church. And he used short statements summarizing the gospel as a weapon against heresy. He brought to the writings of that time the very first creeds, in other words, of the early church, statements of faith what he called the rule of faith. And this statement, the glory of God as a human being fully alive, is so memorable 
but it's rooted in the words of Jesus. Most particularly, remember in John 10, 10, we think about very, very often when Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full, in abundance, overflowing to the max, as our young people would say. I have come that they may have life and life in all its fullness. Just Jesus was the life giver. He alone was the one able to give life. The fullness of life giver. That's who Jesus was. In him was life, writes St. John in his first prologue of his gospel. He was the way, the truth, and the life. He was the resurrection and the life. So if the glory of God is a person fully alive, where do we see it most powerfully? Jesus. For God, says St. Paul in Colossians, as we just read reading, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. For God was pleased, delighted, he, he was in his element, as it were, to have all his fullness, the fullness of God, dwell in him, in Jesus. Jesus is not a teacher, a good person, or a prophet or anything. He is the fullness of God made visible to us on earth and in heaven in glory now. In Jesus, God's glory is revealed. And therefore, Irenaeus goes on to state, after he says the glory of God is a human being fully alive, goes on to say, and to be alive consists in beholding God. Now that's such a fantastic thing to say. Because one, the first part of it is a statement about God. The second part enables us to know how we can experience this life in God. To be alive consists in beholding God. So you say, now what does it mean to behold God? I thought it was being theological. We're going a bit deeper in all these things to ponder. How can we behold God? Well, the obvious answer is, from what I've just said, to look at Jesus. To look at Jesus. With wonder, be in awe of, use our imagination to place ourselves with him in the gospel stories, whatever way works. Jesus is the glory of God. So to behold him is the way that we can find ourselves being made alive by the mysterious work of the Holy Spirit. For God, who said, writes St. Paul in 2 Corinthians 4, for God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. Where? In the face of Christ. As we behold Christ, stare into his face, as it were. In the face of Christ, we have the knowledge of the glory of God. Now the miracle of the incarnation, the God who is pure love, here becomes human being, full of love, 
love made visible in actions that could be experienced in this world and seen in the accounts of the Gospels. And here Irenaeus brings us to another insight, and that's the second quote that we have on your pieces of paper. Irenaeus is teaching us that the more we do that, the more we behold the glory of the whole Jesus, the more alive we become. And here's the truth, that because of his boundless love, Jesus became what we are, that he might make us to be what he is. I love that, I love that. it's a really neat sort of juxtaposition of, of those two concepts, isn't it? That because of his boundless love, there's a motivation that God has. Jesus became what we are, that he might make us to be what he is. So, remember the passage from John 14, where Jesus says to his disciples, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let fear grip you. Just trust in God. Believe in God and trust also in me. For in my Father's house, many dwelling places, many rooms, many places to be. But we're not side at all. In my Father's house are these many places to be. I'm going ahead to prepare a place for you. And I may come again and take you to myself, that you may be where I am. So here is the Jesus who reveals, becomes what we are, then takes us to be with him where he is, in glory, through the gate and entry of death. God's passion is for every one of us here, without exception, is to be with him. And not only to be with him, but to be like him. Made pure and holy and full of love. John, later in his life, when he reflects on this in his first letter, Chapter 3, verse 2 says, We know that when he appears, when Jesus appears, we will be like him. There is coming a day when we will be completely like Jesus. We know that when he appears, we shall be like him. And that is the miracle of the incarnation and the transformation that the Holy Spirit makes possible. That the Holy Spirit is at work in us now to develop us and to be more like Christ in this world, but ultimately to complete that work through the freeing um, breakthrough of death and resurrection life in order to ultimately bring that work to completion and make us like him. So this is a complete mystery. <laughs> it is very profound theology because we've drawn a lot on St. John's Gospel and so do Irenaeus. But there are things that help us around and about. In my back garden, in our back garden, Vashan planted these geraniums that you can see on the, the altar. <coughs> 
There are some of those flowers that are beautifully out. You might say they're in their glory. They are fulfilling what geraniums were meant to be. They are shining with light. There's also some buds there as well of the promise of what is yet to be. There's more to come. And there's that geranium with the sun shining on it from above with the soil and nutrients feeding it from below. So it will open up and reveal its glory again. How profound is that third quote from Irenaeus. The initial step for us all to come to a knowledge of God is contemplation of nature. How much we can learn from nature. Paul talks in Romans about nature being the thing that reveals knowledge of God is possible through contemplating nature as well as the scriptures. And so all around us, If we're alive to it, we will begin to learn what it means to become more fully alive. And I know that I'm more fully alive on the day that I walk the dog down to Frenchay and I smell the roses as I walk past, as I pause to wait for Flora as she (laughs) needs to stop and says, oh, come on! As I smile and say hello, and you have a short conversation with someone instead of rushing right past them. As I just feel I don't have to rush to get home to do the next thing. You know? I'm more alive then, aren't you? And that's what God wants to do. The more alive we become, the more alive we are to that which gives us life. So let me ask you if you prepared to take uh, a step of action in this next week. To take these quotes that I've written out for you there at uh, home and to commit one of them to memory. You can choose whichever resonates with you. Just to commit one of them to memory so that when you're walking about, going down the shops or just sitting at home, lying in bed awake and can't get to sleep, you're just going over it in your mind and allowing the wisdom of Irenaeus that is drawn from the scriptures to permeate your inner being and to keep your eyes open spiritually and be still enough to let the Holy Spirit speak and reveal his grace and truth. Let us pray. Father, we are in awe of the mystery of how you bring life and bring us alive. We want to say to you, Lord, do your work in us. We want to be open like that flower, fully alive to you. We want to be like Christ and radiate your beauty and glory in this world, that others may taste and see how gracious, Lord, you are. Amen.